just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Today on CityCast Salt Lake, community activist and birth worker Ashley Finley is here, and we are rounding out the week's news by taking your calls. It's Friday, April 15th, 2022. I'm Ali Bayarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Ashley, welcome to CityCast Salt Lake. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Ali. I'm so excited to be here with you. This week, Ashley, our CityCast Salt Lake hotline was kind of popping off. We got a lot of feedback and messages and voicemails from people, which we absolutely love to receive. And um, so I was thinking we could play a couple today as we, you and I sort of reflect on the week that we've had. We've got Nick here and he's got a couple of them queued up for us. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what's on people's minds this week, straight from the horse's mouth, as they would say. Honestly. And then, of course, I want to know what's on your mind, and I will share certainly what's on mine. But let's get started here. Nick, why don't you play our first call? Hey, CityCast and listeners. This is Shireen calling in from the Lower Avs. Um, a few things have been on my mind this week, but in particular, it is Black Maternal Health Week. And um, I work in healthcare, and I'm um, disappointed in our overall maternal mortality rates in this nation. We do poorly, but this is a particular issue for Black women who are three to five times more likely to have a maternal death than white women in the United States. And there are broader implications around this and the discrimination that exists in our healthcare system, but um, it's on my mind. And uh, the Biden administration uh, you know, drew attention to this this week. Um, and I hope that health systems are looking closely at what they can do to improve our uh, maternal mortality rates generally, but specifically for women of color across this nation. Thank you. Ashley, I can't imagine a more perfect call for <laughs> you in your profession. Yeah, I do want to say thank you for highlighting that one. It is Black Maternal Health Week. And interestingly enough, I have a friend who <laughs> is finishing up her doctorate in um, midwifery. And um, shout out to Christy. <laughs> and she um, actually gave me some information that I found really heartbreaking that morbidity rates for Black women today has not changed or like not improved since 1940. Oof. Yeah. And so that's been what, 80, 80 something years? Yeah, that is an absolutely devastating data point. Yeah. Are there things like particular to Utah, are there policies or things that we could start doing to change that? Like what kind of wheels are in motion, if any? I don't know if you remember, but I believe it was last year, IHC or Intermountain Healthcare um, released a statement recognizing that medical racism is like valid and is real. I do remember that. It was the it was around the same time that we were getting 
other statements too from like elected officials saying racism is a public health crisis. Yes. With that, I believe that, you know, like IMC and the University of Utah, the two biggest health systems here, mm-hmm. have been doing a lot of work to try to combat, right, racism in the institution. Mm-hmm. Specifically, um, again, shout out to Christy <laughs> and um, some of my other friends in the midwifery department and um, OB departments at the University of Utah have been working on this project called Project Arise. And what Project Arise is, is like this really beautiful research project that talks about medical compassion and mm. racial competence and specifically like OB care and um, midwifery care. But, you know, it can be applied, applied in um, a broader way. I know we don't have enough time. I could go on and on about Project Supervise, but I just want you to know that Sounds this like is... Christy needs to come on the show. Oh my gosh. Can we have Christy on the show? I absolutely. Would... Christy, absolutely. if you're out there, <laughs> call in. Well, I actually learned about Black Maternal Health Week from your Instagram, Ashley. So oh. thank you. And thanks for the work that you do. And thanks to Shereen for calling in with yeah. um, something insightful. Thank you, Shereen. All right. What's up next here, Nick? Who else called in? Hey, CityCast Salt Lake. This is Sid from Sugar House. And you know what? I'm just so sick of Utahns being hit by cars. Let me know if you agree. Mm. First of all, yes, I agree. I do agree (laughs) as well. Full agree. Also really sick of Utahns being hit by cars. Um, There, of course, was an accident in southern Utah this Just this week, I think it was on Tuesday, two brothers who were visiting to participate in a cycling competition were hit and killed by a drunk driver. And it does feel like every week lately, there's been a fatality in the news, like an auto pedestrian fatality in the news. And actually, I looked into this and KSL did some reporting that found that we are on track for our most fatal year to date in Utah in terms of auto pedestrian deaths. We are already at 20 statewide and six of those in Salt Lake City. Just in March, 11 people were killed by cars who were either cycling or walking. Wow. Um, I know. And it's really shitty. It's, I also feel like, you know, there are all different reasons that this happens, but some of it is rather preventable. Like, for example, we all need to slow down, myself included. Like, I need to slow down. I need to pay more attention when I'm driving. Um, Yeah, it's heartbreaking stuff. I hate it. It's so heartbreaking, especially like, you know, we talk about completely preventable deaths, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, again, like, I, I can't be on my soapbox too much here because, like, just this morning, I was rushing and yelling at people in front of me who were going the speed limit, right? Uh, so, like, oh no! <laughs> like, you know, just just a bit of transparency there for yeah, you. Yeah, that's quite the confession. The, but yes, we've and, all done it. And the listeners, you know, it's just it's really tragic um, because I think that there is an uptick in like obviously like distracted driving. You know, yeah. I have some really um, 
good some friends that have made for really good passengers in my car (laughs) if they notice me like picking up my phone or going to fuss with it or something or look at directions we'll just be like can I help you with that yeah let me me help you with that let me write that text for you let me like let me I can do it and I think that kind of like if you're a passenger in someone's car and they are kind of getting in phone world like I think that's a really good intervention. And I'm, I myself am going to start doing it more because my instinct is to be like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. We're all pros at, you know, multitasking in the car. And it's like, no, we're not. We're not. And people are dying. Right. So, and that's not to say that all of these accidents have been because of texting and driving. Like there's a variety of reasons for this, but I think slowing down is a really good place to start. I will say there's, I think, a pretty good like call to action around this for you, Sid, and Sugar House and anyone else listening who's also saddened and upset by this, which is there's a local advocacy group called Sweet Streets. And they do basically like very hyper-local advocacy around slowing down our speed limits, making our streets safer for bicyclists and pedestrians. Um, And that's like in many ways, right? Like how does that intersect with urban planning and where we put sidewalks and things like that? Um, Most recently, they petitioned the city council basically to start reviewing a plan to lower neighborhood speed limits to 20 miles per hour which I think they are in some areas, but are this would like make it the standard basically. So if you want to get involved with Street Streets, sweetstreets.org, I think it feels good to, you know, feel like you can, there's something we can do about this. And I think there is. All right, Nick, what's up next? Hi, CityCast. Matt Pachenza here. Calling to weigh in briefly on the most exciting development in Salt Lake City in quite a long time which is, of course, The Whale, <laughs> a.k.a. Out of the Blue, our glorious, gigantic new public art in our ninth and ninth neighborhood. There's two seemingly contradictory reactions to The Whale. On one hand, I love it. I love its sheer size, 40 feet tall. I love the audaciousness, the ridiculousness, the absurdity of this multicolored, humpback whale bursting into an intersection. I think it's brilliant, and I'm happy, and I smile every time I see it. But here's the flip side. The flip side is I find the rhetoric, the language that accompanies the sculpture to be off-putting. And that's rhetoric that this somehow harkens back to Ninth and Ninth's eclectic, hip, funky heyday. And I just am afraid that glosses over the reality of the extraordinary transformation that Salt Lake City has gone through in recent years, if not decades. You know, we all want to pretend we're this oasis in the desert of culture and right-thinking people who appreciate the good things, and we stand in contrast to some mythical dominant culture that oppresses us and that we've sort of established our hip record stores and cafes and bars where we gather together and stand against some sort of uh, conformist tyranny. But I'm afraid that ignores the reality of a neighborhood like Ninth and Ninth, which is increasingly a place of million-dollar homes and high-end boutiques and shops where you get a wedding dress for more than $10,000. And so in that way, the whale 
it's beautiful and it's fun, but it also makes me sad because I'm afraid there's not much place for whimsy in this new city we're building here. It's, it's feeling increasingly sterile and there's a lot of sameness. So there's my mixed feeling city cast. May you have a wonderful day. <laughs> So many thoughts on this. First of all, I will just quickly say the whale is only 23 feet tall. I think the wingspan is 40 feet. I'm already coming in hot in defense of the whale. Ashley, have you seen the whale? I I have seen the whale. How do you feel about it? What's funny is, you know, I'm somewhere in between the two sides, right? Like mm-hmm. I had a friend who um, posted a poll on her Instagram stories and it was like, do we stand the whale? Or do we scorn the whale? (laughs) (laughs) And what were the results? I think most people were actually on the stand side. Yeah. I was somewhere in the middle. I was like, I am very confused about the whale. Mm -hmm. It just seems bizarre to me. Yeah. And I don't quite understand it. I think that's uh, incredibly valid. The first time I saw it, I just like burst into laughter, which was nice because it's it's kind of a nice feeling to just like burst into laughter. Right. right. I think Matt raises a really good point, which is the story of the whale being representative of this like quirky neighborhood is a little gaslighty for people who open Zillow like me and are like, oh, Great. Um, $2.5 million for a 3-2 on a small lot, you know? And so it's like, I don't know. I think that maybe instead of trying to justify the whale, we should just accept what it is, which is just sort of like this giant public art piece that's there because public art is valuable and fun and it gives us something to talk about, but it doesn't have to be like about much more than that. Right. We have a saying like, let's call a spade a spade, you know? Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is that this spade (laughs) is a very expensive spade in Mm -hmm. a very expensive neighborhood, right? That like, while it may be kind of cute it's it's got the cuteness of like say if you've ever been to LA like Silver Lake you know like that whole Mm. kind of gentrified cuteness you Mm -hmm. know like where you're like yeah I love walking um into coffee shops and like other little boutiques and and stuff but you know I'm kind of relegated to maybe window shopping because it's you know because prices are inaccessible and prices of homes are inaccessible I think we got another call about the whale. Do you want to play it, Nick? Hi, my name is Maddie, and I live in Sugar House. And I'm just wondering, what is the deal with that whale? Um, (laughs) I want to know everything about the whale. I want to know how much it costs. I want to know where it came from. I want to know how it came to be um, and why it's so divisive. Um, But I am genuinely curious about where the money for the whale and public art comes from and how it's separate from the other things that the city does. Thanks. Love the show. I have seen a lot of questions about the cost of the whale because I think the timing of the whale's arrival, to no fault of her own, intersects with 
like some city decisions that have been really upsetting. Right. The closing of the decision not to open more shelters. Um, I believe yesterday, Thursday was the last night that the overflow shelter is open in Salt Lake City. And so there's been like this juxtaposition, I think, of these two things. Salt Lake City in 1984 established the Percent for Art Ordinance, which basically allows that a one and a half percent of certain city project funds are used to commission artists specifically to do site-specific artwork as a part of construction projects. So what that basically means is like, this is, this is wherever we are, the city itself, not a developer, the city itself is building something like this roundabout. Okay. 1.5% of the budget for that roundabout is to be allocated for some sort of art piece or artist integration in the construction of that project. So all that to say, like the plan was for an installation or an art piece all along, um, the gnomes don't count, right? Like that, and you and you know, like with the city budget, like once it's a line item, it's a line item, right? Like, come hell or high water, that money like will be spent in that way, right? And so that's where we got the money for the whale. I'm curious, Ashley, if you were to guess, what do you think it would be? Um, somewhere around, I don't know. This is hard. Maybe fifty thousand. Yeah, maybe more. Okay, seventy-five. I'll say seventy-five. Okay. You are very close. So the budget for the sculpture is between one hundred and one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. Wow. Okay. Which is a lot, but also, I don't know if you think like thinking about materials costs today. I'm right. like, I kind of think it would be more. But yeah, the the answer to your question, uh, Maddie in Sugar House, is that the whale cost between a hundred and a hundred and fifteen thousand dollars and then the mural the budget for the mural on the whale was about seven and a half thousand dollars and then we'll get a new mural every three to five years so that will also probably cost some somewhere within that oh, seven to eight thousand dollar range that's interesting um okay ashley if you were to call in this week what would your call be about my call would probably be honestly about the weather Cause what is this? You know? Yeah, totally. You know, spring comes and everybody gets really excited. I think about environmentally, right? I think about like the impacts. Like, you know, I get upset because I do not like cold weather, but then I remind myself we really need the the moisture, you know? And so I try not to complain. But on the flip side of that, I worry about the growers. Yeah. I was reading this article, I think, on KUTV, and it was talking about how um, a lot of the the fruit farmers are really worried about how much of the crop they're going to lose because of the freeze. You know, like, we always kind of expect another storm to come in, but I don't know that we expect that it would be this cold and frigid um, along with the snow. It's a fruit tree massacre for sure in my neighborhood. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy. And so I guess I just want to send out some some love and um, compassion to the to the people who are growing for themselves and, and their communities and like the larger community, just sending love because I know this is stressful. We're just kind of at the whim, right? At the whim of, of nature. Yeah. Yep. That's right. How about you? Well, my call would be a bit of a rant. And 
I'm annoyed because I'm seeing the data this week that U.S. inflation is at a, I think, 41-year high. Wow. And inflation, I'm going to call it inflation and price gouging because I believe that we are seeing a little bit of both here um, nationally in terms of the way businesses are responding to the the supply chain crisis that we're in. Right. But um, inflation in Utah is one of the highest. So the national rate right now is 8.5%. But in Utah, it's 10%, which is very close to being the highest in the nation. Wow. And I just, I read that and I remembered the beginning of this year when the state of Utah was one of 23 states in the country that decided not to raise the minimum wage. And I was like, yep, that feels right. Mm-hmm. And I just will be here every single week to remind everyone that Utah's leaders decided not to raise the minimum wage when it was well within their power to do so. So I'll yeah. be back next week with the same data. <laughs> I'm here for it, though, Allie. It's like, the hill I'm going to die on. And I think it's a worthy hill. What are you looking forward to this weekend? We have to end on a high note here, Ashley. Um, there's a carnival ce- celebration at Shades Brewing. Ugh, fun. If you don't know anything about the Caribbean and the way they celebrate carnival, I think this one's specific to um, the Brazilian culture, like the Brazilian tradition. Then I think it would be a definite huge treat for you to go and and party on down. <laughs> I love it. This weekend. I wonder if they'll have a special beer or like a special sour. I love their crazy sours at Shades. Like I could drink their crazy ass sours all day long. I'm going to have to tap in with you to teach me more about beer because I'm still I'm still not there. (laughs) Okay, this weekend I am going to do the thing that I do, I think, basically like once a year, which is go to the Cathedral of the Madeline. I was beautiful and go to Catholic Easter mass. Oh yeah, that's right. It's Easter. Yeah. It's Easter Sunday. And I'm not like a, I am not like a terribly religious person, Mm -hmm. but I enjoy some of the like pomp and ceremony around Easter mass. And especially, especially at the cathedral, the Madeline, like that place is always bursting on Easter. The Catholics come out of nowhere i don't know it is insane you see people you've never seen in your life and they're all dressed to the nines and they're there and like the the tv cameras are there because it's such a gorgeous building and it's like it just feels like a real party and so Mm. um i like to go i just like get dressed up i go down it's i don't know it's kind of an event it's fun get some like water thrown on you and get sage down yeah why not? So that <laughs> that's what I'll so be up to this You're welcome to join if you'd like, but no pressure. <laughs> All right, Ashley, thank you so much for joining this week. I loved ending the week with you. Oh, it's so beautiful always to spend time with you. Thank you for having me. Have a great weekend. Hey, you too. Stay warm. today here on CityCast Salt Lake. If you are out and about and see something funny or open the paper and go, what? Give us a call about it. We want to hear your takes and we want to play them on the show. You can leave us a voicemail at 801-203-0137. 
pro tip, save the number under CityCast Salt Lake so it's on deck for your next rant or rave. CityCast Salt Lake's lead producer is Nick Steffens. Our producer is Diane Magipinto. Our newsletter editor is Madeline McGill. And our host is me, Ali Vallarta. Music is by Mitochondria. Take good care of yourself this weekend. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Hey, City. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, City Cast, City Cast Salt Lake. This is Sid. Uh, oh, my God.